0: all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the jags den podcast uh that in itself was hard to say because i've been doing so many other podcasts (laughs) over the course of the last few days and i almost said the uh back shoulder fade which is my other podcast so uh shout outs to josh there and um shout outs to also the obscure reference podcast which me and josh do as well but today It's not about that, it's about the Jaguars It's about the Jaguars Wire, and I have my man Jacob DeLawrence with me Phil can join us, he's actually going to check out Some NXT stuff, but While he does that, me and Jacob Will take care of episode 44 uh, for the Training Camp Edition Of 2019 for the Jags Then Jacob, my man, how are you man?
1: Man, I'm doing good, man How you doing?
0: I can't complain, man. I really can't. Um, other than I've been ripping and running, working on just various projects, various things for the Jags, wire, various other projects outside of that. I've been good, man. Um, I've been very consumed with other stuff and and Jags related stuff. So, you know, I've been keeping busy. Can't complain. <laughs> and you um just been busy with
1: work um funny thing is i got a bunch of google docs open right now a bunch of stuff i'm writing on so you know just being busy and i guess it's better to be busy than uh bored
0: absolutely absolutely y'all uh, definitely got to occupy the mind and and uh just keep busy that's my motto at least so uh that being said uh, of course, you all know where to find us. The site is com At Jags Dan Podcast for the podcast handle on Twitter. At the Jaguars Wire for the podcast, not the podcast, but the actual USA Today handle on Twitter. At sportsgrind underscore done for me on Twitter. At underscore Jadella for Jacob. And at Phil the Filipino for Phil. So uh, feel free to follow all of those Accounts, if you will, on Twitter, and also you can check out our old episodes of the Jags Den, episodes one all the way up to 44, which is this one on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, I think we're on Radio Public and Deezer and Himalaya as well. We just been added to Himalaya, and of course, the Audio Boom Network with our comrades at the USA Today Wire, who you can also check out their podcast on there as well. So real quick Jacob is so, gonna get into the quick hits he he sounds like he had something to say real quick before I was that gonna say,
1: so basically there's no reason you can't find us anywhere because podcasts are available there we're there
0: that exact man if you have a computer or a phone if you if you still toting around a blackberry it, it's no <laughs> excuse none at all man we we there on android we there for google we're there for apple we're there for anything that you have. You should be able to all check you, us out.
1: All you gotta do is hit that like and our mm-hmm. subscribe button, and make sure you share with a friend.
0: Exactly, pass it on to a friend, man. Help, help a brother out, so we can go ahead and, uh, you know, get get this podcast popping. Not that it isn't already, but uh, get more eyes on it. Uh, oh, but,
1: too, uh Bojangles hadn't hit us back yet, man. Yeah, yeah. waiting we on that sponsorship. We threw have like episode twenty eight.
0: They hit me back up and they were like, "Yeah, we don't we don't do those type of sponsorships." Had we been the Jaguars though, they probably would have sponsored us. But yeah, that man, dude, it would have been nice to get a Tailgaters box on the house for every podcast, man. Like, we we be living life, I just, but I just want a two piece and a biscuit, but that's but not available here you say, man. That's it, bro. Two piece in a biscuit. That's what that's on the $5 menu right there, bro. Man, ain't no <laughs> that's, that's, that's pennies for Bojangles man
1: pennies. And it's, Speaking of pennies That's kind of funny That's actually going to be the subject Of some of the things we talk about Because it's training camp Which means holdouts are bound All across the league Before we get into that Let's just go ahead and hit some of these quick hits Real quick and, of course, starting off with money, Mr. Jalen Ramsey himself showed up to training camp in a Adidas-branded Brinks truck with Ha Ha <laughs> Davis as his hype man. It is pouring down rain in Jacksonville that morning. and What does Jalen do? I'm going to start off training camp the only way I know how, by upsetting old man Tom Tom.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what it probably did.
1: So, yeah, Jalen shows up at the training camp in a Brinks truck. We've all seen it over ESPN, Fox Sports, anywhere and everywhere. It's been there, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Even your auntie has seen it at this point. So, personally, me, I I had no problem with it. I know I tweeted to you that the thing that caught me by surprise the most was that Jalen was in an Adidas-sponsored truck, and he showed up with Adidas gear. And uh, kudos to you for mentioning on the website a few months ago that he ended up signing with the Three Stripes because last I checked, he was still a Jordan athlete. But hey, get another yeah. bag, black man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I caught it about, what, a month or two? Well, it was during uh, whenever he returned. So, minicamp. Yeah, yeah, minicamp is when I caught it because he, um, I actually, I don't think I wrote an article in particular about it. But, it you know, the video where he arrived to minicamp in the convertible car where everybody was, you know, Leonard Fournette and everybody was cracking on him. Uh, mm-hmm. I noticed it then, all of the Adidas gear and whatnot, and I put it in that article that was talking about his entrance into mini camp. Now we're talking about an entrance into training camp. It just seemed like this dude just loved grand entrances. Uh, but yeah, man, like like you, I didn't have a problem with it at all because I mean, look, simply put, Jalen's production says he can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like as long as he ain't off the field pulling Tyreek Hill type of stuff, I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? So, long as the production match, and he has been a very good cornerback, albeit he fell off a little bit last year, he still was a top five corner at the end of the day. So, I mean, make no mistake about it, he's still been balling. And before that, in 2017, he was an all-pro and pro bowler. So, we're talking about a two-time pro bowler here, one-time all-pro here. You know, this guy, he deserves to be able to make a grand entrance if he wants and I mean all that matters at the end of the day is that he goes into camp and and does what he does best shut down people and uh, make the roster which we have no doubts that he will and that being said nothing to really complain about. I mean of course yeah I can see why Tom <laughs> Coughlin wouldn't like it because he's not an antics guy but at the end of the day no harm no foul there and um, yeah I mean I, I got a good laugh out of it especially hearing Ha Davis there. Uh, do the announcement man like I it was perfect for me and up until today I actually thought it was the best entrance in the training camp but then you got dudes like Antonio Brown popping up in the Raiders camp with a hot I think it was it was a hot air balloon and then somebody pulled up to Kansas City Chiefs camp with a like an actual NASCAR so <laughs> yeah it's getting crazy out there bro
1: <laughs> and that kind of is my whole point on this, so we just don't labor on this forever. It's training camp. Everybody shows up to training camp in some grand shape, form, or fashion. Yep. Yep. And also, this is perfectly on brand for Jalen Ramsey. I understand if it was, say, one of the McCourty twins or Tom Brady from the Patriots are give me another low-key, quiet individual in the league. Or if it's like J.J. Watt or something. Right. If they showed up with something like this, I'd probably be like, hmm.
0: Yeah, what is, what are you doing? Like the, the guy that showed up in the NASCAR, uh, with the NASCAR, he's a low-key guy. I'm going to have to look that up too. Uh, but continue as I look that up real quick. Yeah,
1: so I mean, it's, Jalen Ramsey, his own brand. You knew what you got when Jalen Ramsey, when you drafted him. He was loud and taught that talk in college. He's done nothing but continue in the pros. It is par for the course. Yeah. His nothing name was Anthony Sherman,
0: camp. by the way. I think he's a, uh, he's their oh, fullback. Yeah, like, it took me by surprise. I'm like, who is this guy? But, I mean, hey, look.
1: Hey, man, it's training camp. Let's have some yeah, fun. Yeah,
0: wh- why not? Especially in Jags training camp. Leon Searcy told us any Tom Coughlin-related camp, which is – you know, in this case, it's Doug Marone camp, but any Tom Coughlin-related camp is hell. So you might as well have fun going into it, because when you get in, it ain't going to be no fun and games at all. <laughs>
1: so. Exactly. So um <laughs> Mike Freeman tweeted the other day when training camps were first opening, he was like, and this will probably be the— he said, and this is the last day they will be 100% until probably this time next year, because it's all downhill from here. Yes, it, especially
0: Ooh, in Florida with that heat, man. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have some fun. You're going to die in the Florida heat anyway. It's no big (laughs) deal. I think I saw on Levitard's show there, like, um, this is coming from the same guy who said he was going to stop talking about other quarterbacks. Yeah, because he's about to get paid. So he's going to shut up about other quarterbacks because if the Jacks will pay him, he might have to go team up with one of these other quarterbacks, which I doubt will ever happen. So, yeah, he said he's just going to tone down. It's trash talking about other people, and I promise you, give it to about week six. Somebody will provoke them, and we'll be right back to square one. So, again, no problem, no yep. issue, no harm, no foul. Let's have some fun this <laughs> July in Florida.
0: Exactly. I mean, and Deion Sanders even talked about it. He was like, you know, I, I, my personal way to go about things, and I talked to Jalen about this because he was a uh, – Deion Sanders came to training camp as a guest for the first day, but he was saying, you know, my approach was not to talk noise to people, so – Maybe Jalen's just picking up on, you know, learning from his, his, uh, I guess the, the, one of the guys he's looked up to. Maybe he's learning from Dion to lay back on the trash talk to the quarterback. Or it might be, like you said, a case of him just like, hey, I might have to play with one of these guys, which we highly doubt because, well, obviously next year he can't because he's on the fifth year option. They signed that at least. So maybe after that, maybe, but, I mean, we're banking on Jalen Ramsey, especially when all of these defensive linemen are gone. These veteran guys, we're banking on Jalen Ramsey uh, being able to be the highest paid cornerback in Jacksonville. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. Yep.
1: And next up is uh, something very interesting that should surprise, shouldn't surprise anybody. But nonetheless, the Jaguars are basically being cheap because Yannick Ngakwe has refused to report to camp. Because he is holding out for a new contract. Yep. They put him on the um, reserve, did not report list. So basically, he's not taking up a roster spot. Doug Marone stated that he's in contact with Jay, understands it's a business related matter as talks are going on in regards to said contract, and he's going to let the front office handle it. He also says that he expects Yannick to eventually report because Yannick has to show up at least a month before week one of the regular season in order to accrue a year of service to a free agency in 2020. So, yeah, Yannick's going to report. The question is is he going to report in two days? Is he going to report in a week? I'm have that. Hold on, let me see when week one of the NFL starts so He'll I can see exactly what the it is.
0: Closer to, um and Philip Howe, man, shout out to Philip who is now with The Athletic, formerly of the Florida Times Union, but he's still covering the Jags through The Athletic. He said uh, he believes Yannick will report around the August 6th date, which I'm assuming that's around that 30-day that mark before the regular season. So August the 6th-ish, if I had to guess. But if Yannick – and he's a hard worker. He's one of those guys that doesn't like to be away from the team too long. He He might just, you know – Feel the urge to come sooner than that, but I wouldn't if I was him. That's just me. Yeah.
1: Week one is September the fifth. It's the first NFL game, so we're going to assume week one probably starts a little earlier in that week, technically by league standards. Right. But if we're going off September the fifth, the latest that he can hold out to is August the second. He has to report in camp by August the second. That is thirty days prior to week one.
0: Right. So yeah. So he's got a week. Basically, basically, yeah. Give or and- take. And Doug Marone seems to be aware that he's expecting him. Um, uh, something really quick that I want to get into is, and I I wanted to talk about this on a podcast later, but do you notice, am I the only one? Because others have too, a few have. Have you noticed that Doug Marone is kind of distancing himself from uh, the ways of Tom Coughlin and kind of echoing Tom Coughlin? Like he just seems to be more like, doing I don't want to say doing his own thing because obviously you know he still works with Tom Coughlin and, and Dave Caldwell but you know the a, a guy that is basically a yes man to Tom Coughlin would have said the same thing that Tom Coughlin would have said and that's hey he should be here Marone straight away from that and he's kind of been straying away from uh you know echoing Tom Coughlin at least this year too it, it kind of seems like he's distancing himself rightfully, so I don't blame him in this situation from uh, some some of the uh, ways of Tom Coughlin. Would you agree?
1: I definitely agree, but also at the same time, it's July. Training camp just started. right? And there's some things where he's distancing himself, but because he's doing it strictly from a football standpoint of, oh, that's a front office matter. Go talk right. to them. I've talked to my player. I understand it. So it's like, yeah, he's dissing himself, but also he's kind of just like, hey, it's front office. Right. Whereas in the past, it would have been, oh, well, you know, we expect him here. It would have been the Coughlin spill. It would have been like Coughlin was literally a puppet master and Marone was a puppet for a lack of a better explanation. Yeah, but I so, mean, yeah, even, I, I so like,
0: even though like with the Telvin Smith and the, um, the Jalen Ramsey situation earlier when they weren't at OTAs, You know, of course, Tom Coughlin said what he said, that they both should be here. But when they asked Marone, it was like, hey, well, the key word there is mandatory. It's mandatory. And I think he even went as far as saying, don't quote me on that. I've spoken with those guys. And like I said, I mean, it's mandatory. So I try and worry about who is here as opposed to who's not here. That's kind of a very different tone than Tom Coughlin took as to, uh, yeah, they should be here. So that's why I was saying that even before like today or this week, it just kind of seems like he's, you know, he's not uh, against the players as Tom Coughlin is on certain matters.
1: Yeah, definitely. So like you said, he's very he's going against the grain and it's kind of interesting because that tells me one or two things, either. He knows he's on his way out. If this year doesn't go <laughs> yeah. out, go right.
0: And I'm not laughing at anybody getting fired, but I'm just saying like, yeah, that a, a coach can sense that kind of thing. You yeah. Know like saying? I think
1: he knows the seat is going to get warm really, really quick for him. Right. And maybe this may tie into that one. Maybe he, he just doesn't care anymore mm-hmm. to an extent. Right. Like it became – you were in an interim. You were just temporary. We weren't sure if you were going to stay. You had a good year. Mm, still questions. You had a horrible year coming off an extremely good year, and you survived. So now it's kind of like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. At this point, if you fire me, you fired me. I lasted longer than I should have in my mind. Mm-hmm. Or if I stay, I'd stay. But at this point, I can be free and be myself. So maybe mm-hmm. he survived the storm, and he's just like, hey, I'm just going to speak honest and openly as much as possible. Or maybe he just doesn't care because if I'm gone, I might as well go out my way.
0: Yeah, not only that, but maybe, you know, maybe he's getting the sense that, like, he needs to be, and not to say he wasn't before, but to even be more so a player's coach. Because when you have a, uh, for example, when you have players who aren't really that big, big of fans of the front office, mm-hmm. it may it kind of makes for a difficult organizational situation. You know what I'm saying? So, like... I think he he maybe he understands that, like, not that he necessarily has to side with the players more, but he has to be likable to the players that he coach. I, I think he's starting to realize that and like that he shouldn't probably to an extent associate himself with Tom Coughlin in certain matters, because at the end of the day, Tom Coughlin doesn't have to coach these people He's just in the front office. I, Doug Marone, have to go and be in the locker room and coach this team, and I have to have camaraderie. I have to have a better situation because at the end of the day, like you said, my job kind of depends on it, you know. So I, I think he's looking at it from that perspective too personally.
1: I mean, yeah, that's basically what it breaks down to. So we shall see with Doug Marone, how this season pans out and what comes from it. Yep. Same can be said for Coughlin.
0: I like Marone personally as well. So I, I I mean I'm I'm rooting for Marone at least. I like him. I mean I like yeah. I like the hard nose, you know, coaching that he gives. And not only that, but like I've always felt like he's done a lot with nothing. Like Doug Marone is a guy that's managed to to do decent with. And somebody else mentioned this earlier. Do you notice that Doug Marone has never had a good quarterback in, uh, since since forever? Even ba- back in Syracuse. I don't even know who his quarterback was. I, it might have been Ryan Nassau. But do, you, do people notice that Doug Marone has... Nick Foles might be the best quarterback that he's had. And up until that point, Blake Bortles was the best quarterback that he arguably had in, in the professional realm. All
1: right, let's see. He was at Syracuse from 09 to 2012. Hmm, you know what? We're gonna come back to this at the end of the episode because I really want to do a deep dive into this real quick. Yeah, that's so what we'll come I'm back to man, this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, like, like I say, man, what he's been able to do with nothing, like, I think the man could be a, possibly a Super Bowl coach with if he finally had a quarterback. I mean, he he has a defense now, but I mean, I guess we'll, like you said, we'll dive into that later, I guess. <laughs>
1: I mean, he was, you know, Miles Jack wasn't down and a little bit of this and a little bit of that <laughs> right. waiting for being a
0: The Patriots giving the referees a couple extra dollars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: you know, we're, we're not going to get into that today. We're not going to get into that. Right. But speaking of the Jaguars' defensive key players on the defensive side of the ball, Telvin Smith, we all know his situation by now. Those that have listened have heard my thoughts along with James, and I believe we may have gotten Phil's thoughts on the episode about it, but basically Tevin' like you said, is, is not playing this year. Mm. And the Jaguars, after me and you discussed exactly what they could do with Telvin, they decided to place him on the reserve-slash-retired list. And all that basically says is he doesn't take up a roster spot, doesn't count against the cap, we own your rights, you can't be fine for not being here.
0: Right. And when you come back... You have to come back on the, um, I guess the word is the occurred year. So he has to if he comes back next year, he has to play on this year's terms of his deal.
1: Right. So if he's currently on year three of his deal, when he comes back next year, he'll still be on year three, Right. Uh, year three of the deal. So basically, more or less, it works out for everybody. Telvin Smith isn't losing money out of his pocket while he's dealing with his personal matters. The Jags aren't taking a cap hit and aren't losing a roster spot. Everybody wins. Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how long until the front office manages to mess this up.
0: Right. get that money to Yannick. I almost <laughs> almost said a cuss word. <laughs> I had to catch myself. But give that money to Yannick, okay? Jesus, don't make Speaking this of which,
1: hard. That he frees up roughly 10 million cap space, which... Moves the Jags up uh, if they're able to recoup all of it this year, depending upon the technicalities of the language and everything. The Jags should have roughly right about 18 and a half, 19 million in cap space for the 2019 season. It'd so even
0: more if Blake Bortles wouldn't occupy a dead cap space, but that's neither here or neither there. Yeah, well, you know how that
1: goes. <laughs> right. So basically, the Jags have a little bit of flexibility and they can either use that to help sign Ganic if kind of front load his deal or they can maybe go pick up a free agent or make a trade point is it gives them options and flexibility Mm -hmm. while maintaining the rights to arguably a top five player on that defense. Right. So, Hey, win, win situation.
0: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: And next up, again, in regards to the defensive side of the ball, the Jags place linebacker Jake Ryan on the NFI list, which is the non-football injury list. He was expected to be rated for Marone, but apparently he had a setback. He'll be on the list indefinitely. Maybe we should see him, hopefully, in the preseason.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. It's that's, It's hard to tell because it, it sounded like Marone was unsure too, of like he didn't give a timeline or it, but it, in a way, I mean, and you don't want to put words, I'm not putting words into Marone's mouth, but it sounded like it might be a while. And need I remind people, this is the ACL that Jake Ryan, he tore it initially tore it one time in Michigan when he was with the Wolverines in 2013. After that, he tore it again. And that was what, uh, last season during, um, like around the, I guess around the time of the regular season starting, he tore it again, the same one, which was his right one. Uh, according to reports, he tore it then in, in green Bay. So, you know, as for the setback, you know, he didn't really specify what it was or what happened. But being that he's on the NFI list, and I actually kind of misquoted this the first time on um when I reported it, but it happened away from the facility. That's what the NFI list means. It's a non football injury that took place outside of the Jaguars facility. So this this is something that happened uh during it sounds like phase three, which was OTAs and minicamp, but it didn't happen at the facility, so this is, you know, a very, uh, a murky situation that we don't know a lot about, and um, it's it's kind of concerning to say the least. But at the same time, like I don't think they really signed. I I don't know the figures off the top of my head, but Jake Ryan's contract wasn't like a massive one. I I think it was a one year deal or something like that. Um, I don't know, Jacob. Uh, you can go ahead and chime in real quick while I look that up. Actually, Let's see here.
1: I mean, yeah, you basically covered everything. Jake Ryan was a standout at Michigan towards ACL, comes back a little bit later, tears to same ACL. Non-football injury, it happened away from the facility. There's, It happens, basically.
0: Yeah, so I, we know, just, sometimes it does, yeah.
1: We'll see... If I'm not mistaken it wasn't anything to the nature of I believe Steve Nash and tripping over the luggage like right. trying to answer the doorbell so
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, it's looking like it might have been a two-year deal. Um I'm going over the cap real quick cuz they got him down for 2019 and 2020. So I'm assuming it was a two-year deal, let's see.
1: His base salary for the 2019 season was a million. With a quarter of a million signing bonus. So basically it would have been a cap hit of one point two. Next year's five million, right. same signing bonus. If he makes the roster, there's a half a million bonus. Basically it would be about six million cap hit. Right.
0: And it wouldn't surprise it's me. Nothing, basically. A, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me also if it's an option. For, it is twenty
1: twenty is an option. Okay,
0: so yeah, they can they can Austin Safari and Jenkins him, if you will, like they did with Austin this year. So yeah, I mean, like even if he, you know, it, it it looks like they set themselves up well financially when they made this it. deal. Like, hey, this guy's coming off an ACL injury, you know, it's it's a um, you know, a, a low a low term contractor in terms of financially. And, hey, we might can even get a starting caliber player or a very good player that Dom Capers, who is the defensive advisor, knows very well from Green Bay. So we it's, it's a win-win. We can't really, you know, by throwing this contract at him, it's not like we're going to take a significant cap hit. But at the same time, we do have the opportunity to have somebody who was ascending during his time at Green Bay until the injury occurred, of course.
1: Exactly so. No no. No big deal. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, nobody's really coming out
0: right. negative. Not not really. Even Jake Ryan, you know, he got some money, even if he don't take the field. You know, he got a little something in, it, in his pocket, you know, and it didn't really hurt the Jags that much. Win-win. And
1: speaking of hurt Jags. <sighs> Marquise Lee and Cam Robinson are currently sitting on the pup list as they recover from knee injuries. Marquise, I believe had his knee. What was it goat?
0: Nah, he had, well, he didn't. That's the thing. The details on his knee injuries aren't out, but he said quoting him that he had a quote unquote big knee surgery. And I mean, when you look at that injury from week three against the Falcons, when Demonte Kazi hit him on the knee, it looked. Yeah. I mean, it looked bad then. So I mean, like we could just only assume that it was just very extensive. That's why, like, we're sitting here talking about it now because that was all. That was training training camp of last year, week three of the yeah. preseason.
1: Basically, it, a year ago.
0: Yeah, man. So like, he's still trying to recover from it, and you know, that's not to say that he won't or he will or whatever the case may be. I'm just saying we. We can gather this from his mouth and from looking at the injury as gruesome as it was that it it was a pretty bad knee injury. So there's there's that.
1: Yeah. So it was probably probably another cleanup surgery, a little setback. It happens. And also, this is training camp. There's no need to rush Marquise Lee back.
0: Nope. Especially when we talked about that with the receivers, with the condition. They're in, and I mean, although they didn't have the pads on, they just they flourished, so to speak. They flourished to the point where people are concerned about about the safety positioners and saying, "Hey, we need Eric Berry," because they were getting the safeties were getting not necessarily <laughs> Ronnie Harrison, but Gerard Wilson. He was getting kind of beat bad back there, so.
1: Yeah. yeah, man, just got to shake the rust off. That's all.
0: Yeah,
1: And Cam Robinson is still out recovering from the ACL injury because Cam went down. I believe it was week two or three against the Patriots. Two. Just when Cam went down. Yeah,
0: he went two. That was like two weeks after Lee's. And I mean, with
1: Cam, that's a big man. He's going to play a key part of the offensive line, whether it's left tackle, right tackle, guard. He has the flexibility. He's going to be a key factor. Right. No need
0: to rush them back. It'll probably be left tackle, definitely, with Jawan yeah. at right and uh, Andrew Norwell at guard, left guard, Linder at center, and A.J. Ken, who they just re-signed this year, at uh, right guard. Yeah, yeah but I, I, another thing, real quick, I want to um, ask you about this. Wouldn't you definitely agree that they need Cam Robinson more than Marquise Lee back before the regular season? Because te- technically, we talked about this on the la- last podcast with Marquise Lee, Really, they could put Marquise on IR even, you know, so they don't, like, have to rush him back into the, you know, into the mix. They could really technically put him on IR and say, hey, look, man, we'll let you come back 100%. We'll get you back in six weeks or whatever it is. We'll reactivate you. But, you know, the argument can't be made for Cam Robinson in in terms of that same situation. They need him. They need Cam Robinson because, for one, Josh Wells – in my opinion, I mean, he. I mean, really, nobody has a good backup left tackle for one. So we're not expecting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not expecting him to be Joe Thomas or anything. But he struggled, and furthermore, aside from struggling, the other issue with it is that is Josh Wells has kind of had to deal with injuries himself. So like, I almost feel like they really need Cam Robinson back. Although, you know, they can't rush him back, of course, but. You know, they can't, you would think, they can't go too long without him in the regular season. So they, it's like they almost can't put him on IR.
1: Oh, yeah, you're definitely right. However, let's just look at the receiving court real quick. Didi Westbrook, Michael Walker, Marcus Sims, Terrell Pryor, Trey McBride, Raphael Leonard, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, Ty Brady, CJ Board. Those are your receivers. Westbrook, Pryor... Conley, Cole Shark. You throw in Marquise Lee. That's six receivers right there. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, you need Cam Robinson more than you need Marquise Lee. Yeah. However, <laughs> I can make the argument that Marquise Lee will have a greater impact than Cam Robinson.
0: It's oh, oh, just yeah. like
1: needing come week one. Who do I need out there right now? I need Cam Robinson. Who do I believe will have more of an impact and help me more down the road? Is Marquise Lee.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. Foles, even if Cam can't hold Foles' left side, Foles is enough of a quarterback where he can escape and make things work, where you can kind of mask, to an extent, Cam Robinson if he's not able to do his job. Yeah. Now, if this was Blake Bortles under center, then Gab will tell you right now, I need Mar- I need Cam Robinson, and Cam Robinson will have a large impact. But right now we need Cam back by week one. Take your time. Large impact down the season, Marquise Lee. I will probably be wrong and I will probably have to come back on here and admit that I was wrong.
0: Yeah, I would say, yeah. Well for Blake Bortles, I think that you would need him Cam Robinson more. So not because of the mobility, because obviously he's more mobile than Nick Foles. But for the run game's sake is why you would need Cam Robinson if Blake Bortles was back there. Uh Nick Foles, you might can, you know, dial up some stuff to be more successful as a predominantly passing team um, is, is kind of how I see it. So, yeah, I mean, I just I, they need Cam Robson though, regardless of who's back there, <laughs> to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you, you could you might be right on that. Like he would be uh, the, Lee would be the more impactful in the end, although I'm not expecting a lot from Lee uh, this year, to be honest with you. But I see where you're coming from, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, Cam Robinson, week one, need you in uniform, need you out there on that first offensive drive. And let's see. And with Mark Keesley and Cam Robinson being out for training camp due to going on the pup list, that <clears throat> opened up two spots in the Jaguar sign Josh Robinson and Anthony Fish Smithson. Fish is a nickname.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what the official page put, man, like on their Twitter account, and then that's what they, all the other articles. Which I think I might have put the second article up on the signing, in terms of like the whole like internet and, and Google. But yeah, like everybody else refers to him as quote unquote fish. Don't know how you got that name. I bet you Wikipedia <laughs> could tell you, even though like you know you, we shouldn't as journalists we shouldn't use Wikipedia, but. For the sake of this podcast, we probably could find out why or how he got that name through Wikipedia. Don't know how, though. Uh, yeah.
1: So basically, this kind of goes back to what you were saying in regards to the secondary getting burnt by the receivers. One is the safety, the other one's a DB, it's just adding training count numbers so everybody doesn't get worn out maybe we'll see if one of them makes the roster right. Smithson has only made a roster once and that was 2017 with the Redskins he played in two games in December he picked up a tackle so who knows right. he has a chance to show out in the preseason and maybe make it on the back end mm-hmm. and whereas Robinson played mm-hmm. at UCL veteran right I think
0: seven yeah he he seven years
1: third round pick of the 2012 draft mm-hmm. Spent a few years in Minnesota, Bugs, Saints. He's a solid journeyman. He'll more than likely force somebody off of the roster if everything goes right.
0: Yeah, he feels like Tyler Patman to me, you know, in terms of that veteran guy behind the starting three, which is uh, Hayden Boye and Jalen Ramsey. He feels like Tyler Patman, who recently, actually this week, he signed with the Miami Dolphins, I think, Patman signed with. So he finally got signed, but yeah, like he he brings that like in terms of experience, he brings that Tyler Patman like experience to the um to the secondary, especially at cornerback, because like you said, and I I've said before that, uh, I think one of the things that people came out scratching their heads with or saying is a questionable spot is the cornerback the position behind AJ Boyer, uh behind Jalen Ramsey, and behind Nickelback DJ Hayden. I mean, Quentin Meeks they said looked decent, but uh Trey Herndon has kind of struggled. And he, you can even see Trey Herndon. He he was getting burnt in one of the videos I saw today, actually, and um with Nick Foles going deep to Chris Conley, I think. Um shout outs to Misto Cristo for posting that from formerly from Locked On Jags. But uh yeah, like just from what I've heard and read, and um, I guess in the case of that video, seeing uh Trey Herndon has kind of struggled, and that spot could be open. So, we're looking at, what, five cornerbacks, probably. And like I said, Tyler Patman's no longer with the team. He's going to Miami, if I can recall correctly. So, I'm thinking, like, uh, Ramsey, Boye, Hayden, of course. Uh, I'll say Quentin sticks, uh, and I'll probably say maybe Robinson got a chance of all of these guys to be that number five guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically... How I see it as well. So it's just a matter of show up to training camp, do your job and things should play out how they're supposed to. However, with this being training camp, you can always bet money that somebody's going to come out of nowhere.
0: That's true. It's always it. Was, last year, speaking of Trey Herndon, it was Trey Herndon. That's who it was this year. He's not reportedly not looking too high. I mean, me and Jacob will get to see for ourselves. Hopefully uh, later this week, we'll go for the last two days and, and hopefully we'll feel uh, so we'll, we'll hopefully you know we'll get to see with our own eyes. But yeah, Trey Herner was that guy last year. It's always that guy. Before that, it was Tyler Patman. Speaking of the, you know, speaking of Tyler Patman, so every year, you know, it's always a guy. And before that, it was Doran Grant. So I always expect that guy to pop out of nowhere, especially at the in the secondary, uh, and and make the team as a surprise guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, you can't have too many corners or too many members of the secondary because depending upon skill set you can easily flip one if necessary somebody gets hurt
0: right it, it happens so. and and it's such a pass happy league it's you know you kind of got you i mean you don't have to value them like pass rushers but you got they're in that class in that you know somewhere in that ballpark in terms of how you have to look at them Exactly. And now
1: that is it for quick hits, which may have been kind of quick. Who knows?
0: <laughs> uh, we're going to
1: get into the meat of the issues, the things that we really came here to talk about that. I know everybody that listens to the Jags, Den and everybody that subscribes to the Jags wire and that follows us was just waiting to hear our thoughts and opinions on, and we're going to start with none other than Yannick and Gakwe not getting paid his
0: money. <laughs> we still stuck on it and we ain't gonna we we not gonna drop it either
1: (laughs) so news came out that Jags reportedly offered Yannick a short term deal that basically shook out to about 19 million a year would have made him the fourth highest pass rusher in the league a lot of people say hey man take your money this is a solid deal how do you feel James?
0: Uh, well I wrote about it in the article I, I feel that I mean, like a lot. When Pelissero announced this, the the report—well, he tweeted it. Should I say it's a lot of gray area and a lot of unknowns behind it? Okay, uh, we we do know it was a short term deal. Don't know what that is. I'm thinking like you you would have to guess three years, um, and then average per year. Uh, it it might have been like he said it, it was 19 million, but the, you have to ask yourself if the average per year is 19 million. Uh, how much is this guaranteed? You know, it, it, I think the report said it would pay out $50 million in the first two years, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, you. I mean, you know, with, with players, it's all about, of course, it's about guarantees. Um, if $50 million was guaranteed in this case, he still shouldn't have took it, in my opinion, because you look at what, I, and I, this is what really has caused him to, to hold out is looking at, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark and the deals they got this summer or this spring, this off season, basically both of those guys are getting paid 62 million guaranteed over 62 yeah. million guaranteed. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Over 62 million guaranteed. The totality of their contracts pays out, which we know they won't get to the end of their five year deals because they'll probably get extensions before that or retire or leave for another team or be released, whatever the case may be. But, the totality of those deals pay over uh if I'm not mistaken, over hundred and two million. So it's no need for Yannick and Gakwe. And a lot of people are gonna go to the cap situation which the Jags have like roughly seven to eight million in cap space. Now with Telvin Smith situation, if they choose to recoup that money from him, they'll have, like we said, roughly eighteen million uh point like five three or or some change like that. So I said all of that to say this. There's no reason for Yannick and Gakwe to take a deal that significantly less than uh, my man um, Lawrence and and Clark in terms of guarantees, especially. And he's probably looking for more long-term security too is another thing is, you know, you, you kind of want that security over the course of, you know, a a longer deal. Um, Not, not that he necessarily wants a five-year deal. Maybe, you know, they're a year off. Maybe they want a four-year deal. You know, or I'm sorry, maybe he wants a four-year deal in his camp. Uh, Ari Nasim, I think, is his uh, agent from Rock Nation. So maybe they're shooting for like one more year on the deal and and some more guarantees in there to get closer to that 65 million dollar range. So I don't think that he's necessarily. I don't know that he's necessarily looking to be the highest paid at the position, but I do know the Jaguars probably need to get closer to that 60. Four sixty-five million dollar guarantee range for him, and and probably you know four years for him to take the deal, and you can't blame him because, as Jalen Ramsey said, the money is always there, my guy. Don't be fooled by the salary cap. John Isaac has shown us time and time again how fake the salary cap is. He's a salary <laughs> cap expert. That's a that's one thing working against the Jags here is they have such a good salary cap expert in John Isaac. He's shown us how fake salary cap is, and how moldable it is to the point where, like you know, and and plenty of agents will tell you this: the salary cap is, to a degree, I don't, I don't want to say all the way, but to a degree, the, the salary cap is faking. The the salary cap, in some aspects, is made for the players, to or or the ones that believe in it to ask for less or see it as, hey, you know, this guy's getting money, that guy's getting money, I can't get my money, you know. It's, a, it's somewhat of an illusion. And Yannick Ngakwe obviously isn't falling for it. He shouldn't because the money is there, especially with Telvin Smith situation now. That definitely helps. Uh, so, I mean, and, and Pete Prisco did say, like, he talking to the people at camp today or, or yesterday, he did. And Pete Prisco is a very trustworthy guy with the Jaguars. He did say that he feels like a deal would get done. Mm-hmm. It really don't seem like they're that far off when looking at Pellicero's report. Really, you know, like I said, you you talk about adding a year or two on there, and maybe in terms of the average per year, you know, upping it uh, to twenty one ish, twenty ish. But all that matters is that guaranteed money. They got to get closer to sixty five million dollars in terms of guarantees, and they have to, to provide more security in terms of a a longer term deal, uh, probably a year or two more than three years. So that's where I'm at on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just look at this real quick. Yannick was a third-round pick in the 2016 draft. Came out of Maryland. He's already outperformed his draft pick, his place. He already caused us to ship off Dante Fowler. Whether you want to admit to it or not, that was a large part of the reason why Fowler got out
0: of town. Mm -hmm. Yannick took his spot in one game. In one game, when Yannick was drafted, they both took the field – uh, what was it, 2016, the first game? And if I'm not mistaken, in the second game, Yannick Ngakri was the starter, while Fowler was the, the starter in that first game. If I can recall correctly, it's so many games that I've seen in the Jags that my memory is, <laughs> is a blur sometimes. And a lot of them have been terrible games, so work with me, y'all. Work with me. So, I
1: mean, he's outperformed. He's set no off-the-field issues. He's is currently set to make Two million dollars this year, which is his base. Yeah, it's a steal. His base salary, based off of all four years of his contract, have been four hundred fifty thousand, six hundred five thousand, seven hundred thirty-five thousand, two point zero million. It's basically two million. Mm -hmm. It's some change. I mean, pay the man. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the salary cap isn't real. I'm honestly waiting for the day. Where football and basketball, well, mostly football, take the baseball approach and just say, you know what? Forget a salary cap. Damn. Set your own payroll. Yeah. But I hope your pockets are deep enough.
0: You know the owners don't allow that, not the NFL owners, because they yeah. they don't want to open the books. They That's why they don't want to open the books. They don't want people to know like that this salary cap, I mean, that's part of the reason. They also don't want people to know they're cheating people out of stadiums, which means you talked about. Outside of the Jags, then by the way, with the Falcons Stadium. The NFL, the owners will they they want some type of restriction and the players know better. They know that the salary cap's kind of a illusion. But the I don't think the owners will ever allow an NFL without a salary cap, to be honest with you. But that's another Probably. that's another subject for another time.
1: Probably not. But even then, people will hear no salary cap and like, oh my God, it's the wild, wild west. It'll only be like three quality teams. Right. Look at baseball. Baseball has rules and regulations in place that while there's no salary cap, it's just not like, oh, I'm going to go open my checkbook and <laughs> right. go get everybody I want. Right. So, I mean, to bring right. this back to Yannick, just pay the man.
0: Yeah. Numbers
1: I mean, lie, the and they thing, really dude, lie in sports. I
0: didn't mean to cut you off. Another thing, and an agent will tell you, this is the thing an agent will tell you, okay, if you want to use this salary cap argument, okay, tell me what y'all have available and I'll work around it. Like, literally, I will work with what you have, and I will structure this deal if you want to play the salary cap card in a way that you can pay my, my player. So, I mean, in this case, Jannick, they can structure his deal like Frank Clark's deal where it's kind of like the cap hit for this year is like $5 million or $6 million or something like that. Then comes the $20 million cap hits after this year. They could take that approach. I mean, you know, maybe – yeah.
1: Backloaded. Like when you play, for those that play video games, like when you play NBA 2K, MLB be the show, when you negotiate contracts, it's usually like a little option where you're playing franchise, where it's like, what type of contract? Front loaded, back loaded, mm-hmm. base pay, level. It's the same concept here. Right. You can honestly sign this man to a, let's say, a four year extension, three guarantee. The last year is a team option or a player option, whatever. So, basically, you'll keep him at his salary rate now. Let's say you give him 65 mil guarantee. You may give him 15 mil this year. That doesn't count against the cap. Cool. Fine and dandy. Right. All you're doing is just pushing back when you got to open up the checkbook.
0: Right.
1: That's it. So, when you get to year two, oh, guess what? You know what? The Jags have to come to terms with Yannick and Gakwe in regards to a um, restructured deal. It's Mm -hmm. the Tom Brady approach. You literally sign the contract. It's set in stone. When you get to the point where it's going to start really causing you financial issues, just restructure it. Yep. And if you can't come to terms with them, you can see if it's cheaper to cut them or you try to trade them.
0: Yep. So and but, he ain't but he 24, man. So that he, he can get a backloaded deal because I mean, like he's only 24 years and he ain't even reached the age of 25 yet.
1: Oh, here's another kicker he's not a running back, he's a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Right. However, you want to classify him, yeah. he's—they're not a dime a dozen in this league. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially they—it's right? oh, funny you said that. Especially not a dime a dozen for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have struggled for a decade before Calais Campbell and Yannick was here. They struggled mightily to find pass rushers. They had to go into free agency and get Aaron Campman, who unfortunately tore his ACL. Uh, Not—I think it was the year they signed him, or a year after they signed him. So, you know, that that just goes to show you we haven't had a premier pass rusher since the days of Tony Brackens and Marcus Stroud and John Henderson. You do the math of that gap between those guys and Calais and Yannick. That tells you how hard it was for the Jags to find franchise pass rushers.
1: And again, this is an NFL where the Rams and the Chiefs played Monday night football and put up basically, I think it was a combined 100 points on the scoreboard.
0: Ridiculous ridiculous. Hey, you,
1: let's look at the the rules are set where you can't hit a quarterback. You are already behind the eight ball playing from behind as a defense. So you mean to tell me, let's just look at the AFC. You have Lamar Jackson, you have Phillip Rivers, you have Tom Brady, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Deshaun Watson, depending upon which version shows up, you have Marcus Mariota, you got Big Ben... You have Baker Mayfield. Like You may not see all of these quarterbacks, but there's a plethora of very respectable quarterbacks in this league, Mm -hmm. especially in the conference. And, I mean, let's just look at the NFC. And let's just assume, let's say you got Breeze, you have Rodgers, you got Cam, you got Matt Ryan— There's a lot of highly skilled quarterbacks. Right. You mean to tell me you don't want to pay, arguably, one of the top. We'll say Yannick is a top 25 player under the age of 25 in the league. I'll go out on that limb and say it.
0: Top 15. If we're talking under 25, probably top
1: 15. I say top 15, top 25. He's definitely top 10 on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, just pay the man. Right. I understand why from the Jaguar standpoint, you're like, oh, we offered him $19 million. I get it. You're trying to put PR, you're trying to create a spin where it's like,
0: right. hey, exactly." we came out
1: here and we were like, hey, we offered him a short-term deal. Not going to release the specifics, mm-hmm. but we offered him a deal where it would have made him in the top five highest paid, right. it gave him $50 million guaranteed money, and we just basically... Yep. Made his salary ten times higher. Yep. He's making two mil now. We give him nineteen. We basically made his salary ten times. They higher. They make him
0: look like the bad guy and his agent. Basically. Exactly. It's playing the spin
1: game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you might be right. They may be off a year. I'm assuming Yannick probably wants four years. He'll probably take three. If the fourth year is a player option, the Jags are probably like, mm, we'll give you two and a
0: possible. Right. And in their defense, man, like like I said, they they, prob- they might be closer than people think. And when Prisco says something like, you know, when it concerns the Jaguars, at least, you could take it for what it's worth. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, like it, it, when it comes to the Jags, Prisco's pretty spot on in my opinion. I think it gets done personally. Um, and there something else to consider here, too, is OK, we are, you know, Taylor Lewon is going to be suspended for the game that they face the Jags, right? Mm-hmm. The left tackle. Well, Yannick Ngakwe has struggled against Taylor Lewan. So we got to And now not only that, the, the Jaguars have struggled against the Tennessee Titans. That has always been their, their, my biggest gripe with them is they losing too many games to the Titans. And most of that was due to Blake Bortles. But you you are possibly, if Taylor LeJuan, uh isn't reinstated or whatever the case may be, you're looking at a situation where you can finally beat, especially to open the season, you can beat the Titans. Uh, But you need Yannick Ngakwe there to do it, okay? And it's much easier when Yannick Ngakwe doesn't have to go against Taylor LeJuan. He'll be going against, I looked it up, it's it's freaking uh, Austin Pastor, who, I mean, we should know as Jazz fans, he used to be a backup with us. He'd have to go against, like, Austin Pastor according to the depth chart. That's easy money right there.
1: It's not even about beating the Titans. You have the option, you have a chance to just hit Mariota. That has been the biggest problem against the Titans. You really couldn't hit Mariota or get to him.
0: That's true because of the bookends he has. LaJuan and Jack Conklin.
1: Yeah. He's missing a bookend. You can tee off on Mariota. And
0: let's just say
1: you hit him. Let's say you get 10 good hits on him.
0: He ain't the same player. Right. So, So, I mean,
1: you got to pay the man, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the one last thing to go uh, to talk about before we even move on is a lot of people have made the argument that hey, he's not Yannick. I'm talking about here's not good against the run or as good against the run as Frank Clark or say DeMarcus Lawrence or whatever. But like Jacob said, this is a pad happy league, you know. And you, if you ask Tom Brady, you ask and Mike Tomlin has praised Yannick and Gakwe. You you go around the league, you ask these coaches and you ask these players who you need to watch out that's not named Calais Campbell on that defensive line, they're going to tell you Yannick Ngakwe. So screw his abilities against the run. I'm not just saying completely screw that because you have to play better against the run, of course, but he's only 24. He can, he also can get better against the run, by the way, but you ask, League-wide, you ask the people that matter, the people that have faced this young man or been on the opposite side of the field, who is a name on that roster or especially on that defensive line that you need to watch, not name Calais Campbell, they're going to tell you Yannick and Ngakwe, especially with Telvin Smith gone now. Of course, you know, they'll say Jalen Ramsey too, but Jalen Ramsey's job doesn't matter if nobody can get heat on the quarterback. You need this young man. He's supposed to be a part of your nucleus heading forward. And in the Jags defense, I believe he will be. You need this young man to be a, a key part of your nucleus heading forward, forward with between him, Jalen Ramsey, and Miles Jack, all of whom came from the same draft class, one, two, and three in, in terms of rounds. You need that nucleus heading forward. Take care of Ngakwe this year. Take care of Miles Jack next year. Take care of Jalen Ramsey after the new CBA Uh, And after he plays on his fifth year option and you have set your defense up so well for the next 10 years or so, or whatever the case may be to flourish, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, let's
1: just look, let's just imagine this. Telvin Smith is out dealing with personal matters. So there's no way he's stepping on the football field this year.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So let's just look at this. Let's imagine week one, You roll out the Jaguars' defense. You're missing Telvin Smith. You're missing Yannick Ngakwe.
0: Yeah, that looks like a significantly worse defense. I'm not saying it's an atrocious defense, but yeah. On paper, that don't look good.
1: You think Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are going to be happy, although you can sit here and say Telvin struggled with the past, past year, whatever. You think those two are going to be happy knowing that two key parts of the front seven are missing. Right. Yeah. And you think Ronnie Harrison is going to be happy on the back back end as a second year player. Knowing that player. My job just became a lot more difficult.
0: Right. Right. It's already hard to play safety in this league as a first or a second year player. They That's not making it easier.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can, we, everybody praises the Jaguars secondary, which is rightfully so. Right. However, a lot of that praise that they receive is due to the f- work that Yannick puts in, that Calais puts in,
0: Marcel Darius, Darius, yep,
1: yeah, that Darius put in, and previously uh, Malik Jackson Taven put in. That Malik Jackson put in. <laughs> so that front seven plays a huge part. Miles Jack, they all contribute to Jalen, to Boyer, to Ronnie. So eh, I don't know if you want to drag this out, like you said, <laughs> nope. it's it probably is closer to being done. So we should probably have something in a week. Everybody will be happy. The point is, Janik and Gakwe has worth more than fifty mil guaranteed. You yes. should pay him at least Demarcus Lawrence money. Honestly, I feel like you should pay him more. Yep. But here we are.
0: Yeah. Again, and another thing before we move on, he hasn't had the issues that Lawrence and Clark has. He surely hasn't had the off the field issues that Clark has. And Demarcus Lawrence, if I'm not mistaken, was suspended for. Uh, performance enhancing uh, don't quote me on this but for performance enhancing drugs or something Yannick Ngakwe hasn't gone through that he's been nothing but a good person to the community as well and he hasn't hurt his team in terms of availability we're talking about a man who the only game Yannick Ngakwe hasn't started was the game that I just mentioned when Dante Fowler started Yannick Ngakwe actually was a part of that game he participated in that game but since being drafted, Yannick Ngakwe has played in every game since 2016. If that doesn't mark the the epitome of what Tom Coughlin represents, and that's availability and being on the field and staying healthy, I don't know what does. So from that perspective alone and the perspective that he has not been an off-the-field nuisance or issue, get the deal done for the young man. Just get the deal done.
1: That's pretty
0: much it. I mean, hey –
1: We shall see if it actually happens, which it should. Yep. And then speaking of money and availability and playing games, oh, our personal favorite, Leonard Fournette.
0: (laughs) A guy we talk about a lot on this podcast. Okay.
1: One, raise your hand if you're surprised that Fournette is still on the roster, given how things looked at the end of last season.
0: Yeah, I will raise my hand. I'm somewhat surprised.
1: I'm slightly surprised. I think both me and you stated that we would not be surprised if they managed to move Fournette for something of value Mm. at some point, but we also wouldn't be too, too surprised if he came back. Right. So Fournette is on the roster. He's in training camp. He looks relatively healthy. Right. And that brings us to what are we expecting from Fournette in his third year?
0: Yep, his third year. Yep.
1: Because he's missed his years, high ankle sprain, has been a recurring injury that has held him back. And I'll just say, I don't expect 16 games out of Leonard Fournette. You nope. you give me 12, anywhere from 12 to 14, I'm good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree 12, with you. I don't, I'm not. 12, 13 is the sweet spot.
1: A Anything season. more than 13, hey. I'm happy to see
0: you. <laughs> right. Me too. I'm I'm I'll take that from Fournette. 13 games. That's one. And that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm putting him at. 13 games. And if he made 14 or 15, bro, bro, exactly. I, I'm I'm good.
1: <laughs> because here's the thing with Fournette. I've said this countless times before. He's an SEC running back. And on top of that, he is an SEC West running back. When they had him taillights and gilded into the backfield. It was all SEC West. It was Auburn, Alabama, LSU. Mm -hmm. Three extremely run heavy schools.
0: That play against rugged defensive teams like your Georgias of the world, your Alabamas of the world, your LSUs. Your top recruiting ranked in terms of defensive recruits, those teams. Exactly. Like
1: you're seeing other NFL caliber talent on a regular basis. So, I mean, that mileage, regular mileage, you might look at Fournette and go, oh, he ran for about 4,000 yards or 5,000 yards while he was at LSU. Yeah, that 5,000 is probably closer to about 9,000 in actuality of wear and tear. Yeah. So, I'm expecting, I think Fournette should come out, I expect 1,000 yards from him this year.
0: Me too. No, If you a uh, it's...
1: It's, it's a disappointment almost. Yeah. Actually, there's no almost. It is. You are a high first-round running back pick, which is rare because you're not Ezekiel Elliott. You're not Saquon. And I can make the argument that those two should not have been such high picks. True. Because running backs are a dime a dozen. Need proof? Go look at Melvin Gordon in San Diego. Our friends at the Chargers Wire can tell you all about this. I'm sorry, Los Angeles. They can tell you all about this of how Melvin's holding out because he wants a new contract and Melvin might be without a job this year.
0: Yep. They will surely tell you that for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Gary Diamond doesn't in this league. I don't know how it became this way. I don't know why it's this way, <laughs> but unfortunately, that is how the league is set up. Right. So,
0: I mean, you mm. look at guys like, you know, even though. He's, he's a questionable person off the field. You look at where the Chiefs got Kareem Hunt, third round, you know?
1: And he's no longer there.
0: Uh, Alvin Kamara, third round pick. It, or was it second?
1: Kareem Hunt yeah, I think was, is with the Browns and Kamara, I
0: believe. Yeah, Kamara, I think, it was a third round pick. Yeah, I know we'll it wasn't see. a first round pick. No. Let me see. Alvin Kamara. Third round. Yeah. So that that's proof that, you know, you can get running backs later in the draft. And it, I mean, it's been that way for about eight years now.
1: Look at Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was a second round pick.
0: Yeah. Well, that was kind of because of a knee injury. Or didn't he have a severe injury? No, no. Nah, he nah, was he wasn't. No, he, he had, had off the field, field issues, wasn't it? Yeah, some
1: things that you could argue right. about them. Quite okay,
0: well. so yeah, yeah, you're right. He was a second-round pick. Yep. But I
1: mean, you look at most of the running backs. They're second-round picks. their are third-round picks. They're free agents. They're dime doesn't, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And back to kind of Melvin Gordon, he was a first-round pick. He was a high pick, and he underproduced his first year. He didn't score a single touchdown.
0: He underproduced his, his whole career, in my opinion. Yeah. That ain't to disrespect him. I'm just saying, yeah. like he ain't, he hasn't been of a first round caliber, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: given where he was taken. Yeah, fair argument, and that's kind of what we're getting with Fortnett. He's, they produced. He hasn't been healthy. He's been suspended. He had ankle issues, and he's a running back that plays very, very violently. Like anytime I think Fortnett. I think of that game against the Steelers where he could have easily stepped out of bounds but instead he stops he kind of looks up at the safety and motions like come on come hit me give me your best yep, shot.
0: Yep. That guy had like a comment by you though, cuz dude he had been getting on the Jag's nerves he had been yapping the whole game uh and then I don't I mean I'm kind of digressive from the point uh but I don't know if you remember when we played the Steelers in in the playoffs after that it's uh, supposedly I forget his name. This guy comes to the the front of the Jazz locker room where the doors are, where the security guards are. He's yelling in the locker room, basically. I don't know what he said, but it's probably something to the effect of "Y'all don't want it with me" or "This that" or "Y'all don't want it with us." Like that guy had it coming. So yeah, although Fournette, yeah, that was unnecessary punishment that he dished out. That guy had it coming. Yeah, but that's just the man. He
1: doesn't shy away from contact. Like yeah, yeah, it's not a back sure. So sure yeah i need a thousand yards if you can give me maybe another 300 200 catching mainly i just need you to play at least 12 to 13 games that's mainly what i expect out of Fournette this year
0: yeah i so mean like me- uh, i would say this too man like i think he could he's gonna have a better uh if he's healthy now if he he definitely can make some money in terms of uh, a passing threat too because as we know with John D. Filippo, you know, he's a guy that mm-hmm. likes to throw the ball around. And furthermore, Leonard Fournette is a, I don't know why it's this way, but he's underrated as a pass catcher. People think the man can't catch for some reason. And he showed us in that first year that he he's a very good pass catcher. And you know, Nick Foles, uh, you know, looking at his pass is a guy that's gonna utilize him as a as a you know a pass catcher as well. And I think that's another thing that we might be missing here is we probably, if anything, at worst, we're going to see a better Leonard Fournette in the past game, utilized in past game. But uh, go ahead, my man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he played at LSU. He didn't have to catch too much at LSU. It is part of his arsenal. Is he an Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt? no. <laughs> but he's a respectable option as a check down or a bailout so right, yeah. I need about two to three hundred yards receiving give me eleven yeah I'll say a thousand give me a thousand to eleven 1, hundred on the field rushing give me no suspensions for anything stupid and twelve to thirteen games and I'm happy
0: yeah give me thirteen games give me roughly what you put up in, in twenty uh in, in your rookie year give me just over a thousand yards just up that uh that yard per carry rate or that yard per per uh carry number up that to four or more up that a little bit and just give me the same numbers everything that you had in your rookie season except for your yard per carry average give me that of four or more YPC and I'm good. I'm good and play oh well in terms of the games playing thirteen to fourteen games. I'm good with that and then I mean I guess we can't account for the postseason, but in the regular season, give me 13 to 14 games, and that's that's that's, that's a successful year for Leonard Fournette for me. And no off
1: the field issues, and I am happy as can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't you know? Don't get pulled over because you didn't. Well, he took care of that. The report say he took care of the ticket and and paid. Uh, he he paid the. I guess it was the Duval County. A traffic system or whatever i was about to say don't don't get pulled over again for something traffic related or or whatever the case but he took care of that so he should be good yeah just don't do anything <laughs>
1: stupid that's it
0: yeah i agree yeah so that'll do it for uh episode 44 here uh good job by jacob there uh leading the way uh shout outs to phil again i'm coming for you phil i <laughs> <laughs> Who uh went to uh, NXT and uh hopefully he's watching quality wrestling. Uh but um in terms of uh the outlets again, that's iTunes. Uh I keep saying SoundCloud, but we're not on SoundCloud. Stitcher we are, but it's only a few episodes. Uh, Stitchers, Tune In, uh Audio Boom, Radio Public Deezer, Himalaya. So check us out there. Um of course, like I said, me and Jacob and Phil are trying to get out of training camp next week and give y'all some um you know, some of our takes and our perspective on what's going on there. Expect plenty more. Uh, and I just got a notification that Bobby Wagner just became the highest paid linebacker, ladies and gentlemen. And he's he deserves it. Good job, Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Now Jaguars follow suit and play pay Yannick and Godquay. Please.
1: Well, are you considering Yannick a linebacker now? <laughs> so is he going through the um, clowny situation?
0: Oh, that's that's another situation that. Uh, they over there trying to low ball a good player. It's no different from what the Jaguars are basically trying to do in nickel and dime, a good player, but that's neither here, neither there. We already covered that, but uh, yeah, tune in audio, boom, stitcher, uh, iTunes, uh, Himalaya, and, and many, many other outlets are where you can find us. Uh, we definitely will be continuing with the training camp uh, coverage in terms of the Jaguars wire over the next couple of days and whatnot. And uh, yeah, yeah, Feel free to check us out on our various social media outlets in terms of the latest in Jags news and whether or not Yannick and quick get signed and he, when he reports. So uh, take care out there. And Miles Jack, as we always say, was not down. <laughs> <laughs> Pros like you, no trusted brands, have a hand in helping you nail the job. Start with Lowe's, where you'll find those brands and savings too. Stop in today and pick up a new Metabo HPT 1 and 3 quarter inch 15 degree pneumatic roofing nailer for 20 bucks less, now 269. And get a new DeWalt Tough Grip 52 piece steel Hex Shank screwdriver bit set for just $14.98, saving you five bucks. For even more ways, Lowe's saves your business money. Stop by the Pro Desk and talk to our dedicated pro team today. Whatever you need to get the job done, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid
1: through 116 US only.